answering your tough financial questions for the past 26 years. It's Allworth's Money Matters with co-hosts Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call to join Allworth's Money Matters. Call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Glad you are here with us this weekend. As um, crazy, we time. are sheltering in place and um, crazy. Actually, technically, Pat and I are in the studio, um, maintaining a distance of six and a half feet. Thankfully, from one another, <laughs> just to get. I know. I love my family, but <laughs> right? Are you? You have four kids oh, at home. You know, it's interesting. It's. Um, I'm just glad I don't live in a high-rise apartment in downtown New York or oh. San Francisco. I mean, this is a financial program. We come here each week to talk about financial matters, and we will certainly talk about financial matters and take your calls. But as you've been listening for 25 years, you also know we talk about some of our personal lives. And um, I th- this is in such an interesting time because I, I th- I'm learning some things about myself. Uh, I'm learning some things about my wife. Oh, yeah. There was a great article this last week. I think it was in the Wall Street Journal on um, – how extroverts and introverts are handling this. And I'm clearly an extrovert. I, I just, I, I, one of the things I've learned about myself is I've just, I'm better when I'm around people. I just okay. need to be around people. I don't, I get depressed by myself. And so I'm best around others. My wife recharges by being alone when no one's in the house. That sort of oh, thing. No. Right. So here it is several <laughs> weeks in, I can't go out and, and see 50 people at once. And my wife can't have the house to herself. And it's like, we're both getting at each other's throat a bit. Oh, yeah. And I I think that uh, any listener out there that isn't going through some sort of uh, emotional, psychological trauma. And it's an odd thing because here we're financial advisors and our role is to make sure that people pay attention to their finances, do the right kind of proper planning, pay attention to their portfolios. We all have busy lives. In a season like this, it's easy to kind of, I mean, there's there's so many immediate needs that are staring us in the face and it, and oh, to put things on hold and, or? and nobody knows when the economy is really going to be opened back up. And what does that even mean? And so how are we supposed to do our own personal financial planning throughout, throughout the next weeks and months? How, what's that mean for our retirement? Um, but there's things. a, but there's a whole, there are obviously there are plenty of people that are struggling it's really, really, really difficult for a large segment of the population. Yes. But then there's a whole nother segment of the population that have never saved more money because they actually just can't spend it because their income hasn't gone down. Or it's gone up. Correct. And they some industries are doing well. So I went bike riding with a, a couple of people this last week, at six feet uh, distance, mostly <laughs> me behind them because I'm slower. And I asked, so how is it? And they're like, my savings balance has never been higher. Like we've canceled our vacations. We don't go out for dinner. We just buy the necessities. We're not sending them money. Say, yes. I got my credit card statement this month. It was the lowest <laughs> I've seen it in 20 years. I don't know. I mean, it's just. Yeah. The economy doesn't work when people just buy what they need. <laughs> right. <laughs> Our economy right. works only when people buy We're what they want. an experience economy. Well, I mean, I'm sorry, say that again? We, we've been highly in an experience economy. Yes. You know, a service economy, but it's yeah. really about a certain kind of its experiences. We spend money on experiences. We go out to a restaurant, not because it's calories. It's Because yes. it's the experience, the yes. entire experience. It's an experience economy. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's what's been shut down for most of us. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I tell you, coming out of this, I understand the $600 per week, um, federal unemployment. So uh, a friend of mine who owns multiple restaurants, I would text him, I sent him a couple articles about how uh, waiters, waitresses, kitchen cooks, uh, busboys are not returning to work uh, in Washington state because they can make more money by not working. And he responded back. He said his son, who is in college, now home um, distance learning, it, his unemployment check from the state of California was ninety four dollars a week. Ninety four a week from the state. 
Okay. And 600 from the federal government. Um, and he said, but this is more money than this kid has ever made. <laughs> He's a college student. <laughs> He's a college student. Did he have a job in college? Yeah, he had a uh, he had a job one or two days a week working in a restaurant. My, neither of my two kids had jobs, and I told him to apply for unemployment anyway. And uh, my son came back and says, something, I guess he says, Monday, Dad, Monday the rules are changing and I can apply for unemployment. Well, because he can't get a job. I don't, I don't, I don't job. know if he's, oh. I just was encouraging him to. Well, my daughter uh, applied and is receiving it as she is. She lost her job because of this. Um, and uh, she was a teacher's aide. She's in college getting a degree. And she's like, I don't, I, I Dad, I feel bad that I'm taking money well, from most someone people, else. Mo- I think most people... I mean, she, your daughter, you're, you're. I, Scott, I think back, I was having this conversation with my wife. I said, I can't imagine if when I was in college, I was a waiter in a restaurant. If this had happened back then, what my life would look like. You're, I mean, our children are very fortunate that they have families to go to. That's right. That and is- that, and my son, tell, my son, he's Boston College, last semester at Boston College. He'll be done in a couple of weeks. And he's, he's got friends that he's like, they don't really have anybody, Dad. And he has some, some foreign students. It's like, they just, where do they go? I don't know where they are. That's a shame. But he's, I mean, he's like, they don't have what, what I've got, where I've got family and a network and, and a, a, a room I could sleep in and food. I don't have to worry about where my meal is going to come from. I'm, in, I'm not re- going into debt. And it's, it's a heartbreaking time. It is. Let's hope Americans. Obviously let's hope um, we get through this, but we're going to talk, we're going to talk quite a bit about some economic <laughs> issues. If you're still tuned in. I, know. You know, I had a friend of mine uh, this week. Um, he lives in Florida and he's, I was talking to him on the phone. He says, hey, Scott, how do I find your podcast? You do that. Right. You've done the radio podcasting. So I, I told him, but then he, he sent me a, text i don't know half an hour later i guess he was listening to it about something and i said we're, we're normally a little more upbeat and maybe even a little funny sometimes but uh it's hard it's a different world we're in right now anyway if you, we're also going to take some calls so if you want to join us our contact number to be part of the program 833-99 worth is the number it's 833 and uh, you can call, and uh, we can schedule a time for you to be on our program. So yes. whether you're listening to this podcast or whatnot, we we will take take calls. Um. And later on in the show, we're going to talk a little bit about oil. What's going on with oil? Well, what do you mean? That hasn't been in the news, has it? <laughs> well, you said it last week that it wouldn't be surprising if oil prices went negative, and they went negative this week. And I was highly negative when you said that. I thought that's a bizarre concept. <laughs> But um, anyway, we'll talk a little bit about uh, we'll talk a little bit about the markets. We'll talk a little bit about your oh. portfolios. Oh. Um, Some portfolios have held up just fine. Other people have been decimated. And you keep reading stories. I was, I was reading this last week on some weird, some some sort of fund that was uh, you can invest in 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 <laughs> there were loans to these ships, and that the ships have gone missing. <laughs> I mean, no. it was it was these private placements. Oh, yeah. they were pitched to accredited investors, so they were private placements. Yeah, lack liquidity, don't trade, black lack hole, lack disclosure. Don't know so, where the money's really going. The story sounded great, though. Yeah, yeah, another one of those things. Anyway, so let's uh, go to the calls again. Eight three three nine nine worth is the number. We're talking with David. David, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. Okay, here's my question. I took my RMD out for in 2020 January 1st or 2nd. I took my RMD out. You in took January. the entire uh, required minimum distribution out in January for the whole year. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to get it over with. Okay. I guess so. I don't. <laughs> and now I find out that I didn't have to. How big was it? Twenty-five thousand. Okay. And you want to know? So I find out if I can replace it. So, we are still waiting guidance from the Department of Treasury. What we do know is this. Uh, you're allowed one rollover a year uh, back into an IRA. And so, what you could do if it takes took place in 60 days, this is for the rest of the listeners, David. This doesn't help you at all. Um, 60 is, days to put it back in. But you can only do one of those a year. So, if you were taking multiple distributions... It, it wouldn't allow. But as of now, um, 
in fact, I was on a call this week with our tax team uh, discussing the, the same, same thing. Topic. And there is no guidance yet. as of yet. Uh, if I were a betting man, I would bet that they would allow it. Um, if I was a dangerous man, I would roll it back in and just hope for the best. Um, I would not advise okay. that. But Scott would disagree because we have no guidance on that. Is your, was your required minimum distribution exactly 25000 No. No, it was like, no, 24 and change. Okay. Okay. All right. So, but you, you didn't take out more. I mean, you essentially took out what was so as of rounded it up. As of yet, there's no guidance on that. Um, okay. But I'm guessing that they're going to allow you to roll it back in. And the idea that we talked about this a couple times on this show that 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 was part of the CARES Act was just kind of silly. Yeah. I mean, it'll, it'll help okay, you well, if you can get. I I I would bet that there will be guidance that allow you to do that later, David. I just gonna have to wait. I'd be surprised if they did not. Allow They're giving everything away right yes. now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You could say how right. penalized, yeah. how how harsh this uh, coronavirus environment is for you, because you were forced to take out your required minimum distribution because you have more money saved for retirement than you need for your basic living needs. Yeah. Okay. But That's as good. of now, uh, there's no. Uh, but when, if you stay tuned to this, as soon as they uh, we get guidance on it from the IRS. Which isn't unusual, by the way, that legislation goes in and it takes the regulators some time to actually figure out um, what the uh, yeah, yeah, political bar- the party was actually yeah, trying to. Yeah, that all the time. So anyway, we'll wait and see. And required minimum distributions are for retirement plan balances. Those age 72 and older have to take a, a minimum amount, which the vast majority of Americans um, are taking more than the minimum because they are using their retirement savings for their retirement needs. And some that have done a, a good job saving or just have some peculiarities in their income streams um, would rather not take the money out and are forced to. But we have a, a reprieve this year. And a lot of people, Pat, have already um, – I know a lot of our clients, we would st- structure it on a monthly basis. Yes. Particularly if they had some income needs, we'd just have it on a monthly basis. We encourage basis. it. If they're going to spend it, then yes, you encourage it. To well, do and monthly. sometimes, frankly, to be real frank, there's people that the reason they have the money set in the retirement account is because they were they have a tough time ever spending anything, right? Yes. <laughs> they, and and they're so concerned about the future. They've been great savers, and now they're 78 years old. Um, there's some things that they would like to do, but are still afraid to spend the money. And that's why we encourage a monthly yes. distribution yeah. rather than a lump sum. If I send someone $3,000 a month, they're more likely to spend it than if I sent them $36,000 and asked them to pull it out of their savings account yeah. on a monthly basis. They- and the reason that people have millions of dollars in the retirement account is not tip- – it's typically because – not because they've made so much money – they didn't know what to do with it, so they shoved it in the retirement account. They typically have the money in the retirement account because they have lived below their their their, their means their, their means for their entire career and have saved uh, for years and years and years. Not unusual. That's the, by far the most common why they have a good job saving. All right, let's continue calls here at Allworth eight three three ninety nine Worth. We'll join Scott Hansen and Pat McLean here at Allworth's Money Matters, and we're talking with Holly. Holly, you're with Allworth. Hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. Thank you, Holly. So um, I have kind of a twofold question here. Um, A little bit of my story is I have three children. My oldest is 19. I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old. When I had my daughter, I was a single parent. Um, I didn't have anything to put back for her. Um, I was working two jobs just to pay the bill. So and that's the 19, now, that's the 19 year old, your daughter, that's the 19 year old. Okay. So, you know, now she's having to pay and work her way through college, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, I that's kind what of I did. That's what I did. That, you know, I, I didn't save, but I, I just could not. So now my question is, um, what can I do now for my four-year-old and my one-year-old so that we do have something when they do get to that college age? And then also, is there something I can start now, even though my daughter is 19, that, you know, would 
accrue interest over, this, you know, 20, 30 We years. haven't had a call like this in six, six weeks. <laughs> like someone thinking like about a, the future? No, like a normal, like, yeah, like life is going to continue normally. This is the first nor- call like this in six weeks. Like I'm thinking about my, my yeah, yeah, kids yeah. Uh, 18 years from now? Yeah, not like I'm pulling my hair out because I've got a, I'm, yeah. I've got a four-year-old and one-year-old. I'm well, God bless you, time. Holly, for uh, bringing some normalcy <laughs> yeah. back to this radio show. <laughs> well, for the younger two... The, the best savings vehicle, if you're particularly if you're thinking about having money for their education, is a uh, 529 plan. And a 529 plan that just comes from a tax code 529, what it enables states to do is set up retire, uh, college savings plans. And you can get them throughout most of the major mutual fund companies and brokerage firms will have these available for you. And the money goes in. You don't get any sort of tax deduction like you would, say, in a 401k or an IRA. But... The monies grow tax deferred, so we're not you don't have to you don't get a ten ninety nine at the end of the year and have to report it on your income tax. It grows tax deferred, and if the money's used for education expenses, college and other um, trade schools and that sort of thing, all the interest and any gains that is forgiven from income taxes. So it's a great place so to it, save. It acts just like a Roth. Okay, but the limits to the contributions are much much higher than a Roth. So. If you started savings on a monthly basis for that, perfect. I did it for my kids. I did it for mine. Um, we're actually, so I still have uh, three in college, uh, and we use those dollars for their education. And if the if your children don't go to college, you can change the beneficiary from one child to another child to grandchildren or whoever. Okay, so now if they choose not to do the college route, and instead work, um, how, what, what, what else would you recommend? Okay, so that. So, it can, so it, the, those dollars could go to any other sort of trade school or any other sort of education for them. Uh, if instead, let's say, let's say as an example, you had, you had saved $10,000 over the year, and let's say it's, it grew to 15000 by that time, that whatever gain would be subject to income taxes plus a 10% penalty on the gain. And if your original deposit would still come back um, tax-free, of course. So secondary to that, right? So if you're saying, well, what happens if they don't go to college, trade school, we don't spend it that way, I would use a tax-efficient investment portfolio. But I and, would, and I would all, do the 529 first. So you can set up what's called a custodial account, a uniform transfer to minor, UTMA, UTMA, or UGMA. You might have heard those before. The challenge with those is the dollars become... Uh, the child's at age of maturity, some states you can push to 21 or even 24, but it's eventually going to be theirs. Regardless. And I, I, I've been doing this long enough. I've sat with clients who are saying, how do I hide these dollars from my son or my daughter because of their drug problem? And I don't want them to know that these dollars exist. <laughs> and so odds are that's not going to be your children because they're going to be they're such angels now. They're going to be just perfect at age 18 through 25. But um, if it were myself, I would not put money in my child's name That's right. at, at that age. I'd keep it in my own name. And okay. you can, you can just and so tax efficient, you can buy an S&P 500 fund. It's relatively tax efficient. Keep it in your own name. But the 529 is by far uh, the preferred method. The 529. Okay. Yeah. And what state do you live in? Pennsylvania. Okay. So I would check if some states uh, give you a tax break by if you contribute into that state's plan. So uh, just Google Pennsylvania 529 and see who the provider is for that state. If you get a tax deduction, you'll want to use that state's provider. And what happens, the states will team up with some investment company. Um, some investment companies are great and low cost and some aren't. So if you don't get a tax break, then just look for so that that addresses your four-year-old and your one-year-old. Now, the 19-year-old, uh, there's lots of ways you could do it. If it's a responsible child, you can just gift money to uh, the children, and they can— and Does she work at all? She is working. Mm-hmm. So here's what I do for my—I've got uh, my uh, 24-year-old and a 22-year-old, and I contribute to their Roth IRA. So— they both, when they have work, they have wages, which enables me to contribute to the Roth IRA. Uh, the Roth IRA, again, there's no tax break 
for the money goes in. It grows tax deferred. If they save it till their retirement, it's going to be all tax free. If they choose to pull the money out ahead of time, uh, they could pull some of it out for the purchase of a first-time house, as an example. They could also um, take out all the contributions without incurring any tax. Let me ask you a question, Scott. Do you? I do the same thing, but I give the money to my child and have them put it into the Roth. Do you no, put it directly no, I, into the I, Roth? I should uh, make my kid be more responsible. Instead, I enable them and take care of their finances. And I do. And, and, and <laughs> Although I did have my son do his income taxes— I was going to do it, and I thought, that's insane. I sat with him. I looked over his shoulder as he did the t- TurboTax. How old is Blake? He's 20. 22. Oh, so appropriate, right? So the the idea behind that is to get them in the practice of actually saving for retirement. So Pat's a better parent than <laughs> I am. Well, well, no, but I'm not completely off. I ask, for co- <laughs> I ask for copies of their statements of any money I give them so that I make sure they're not actually spending it. But the Roth, I mean, the Roth IRA, Holly, is perfect, is perfect a, for the nineteen-year-old, yeah. perfect. And I would have them buy the S and P five hundred. Um, yeah, I think my daughter is a Target twenty sixty fund. Really? Yeah, twenty sixty. It's with a low cost provider. It's um, so this, it's, it's so, a small enough amount. It's not. It doesn't need a lot of management. Yeah. And it, it's a little more – it's total stock. It's essentially total stock market. So uh, basically, when she's sixty-five, is when. You've actually are managing the dollars for her to spend it when she's sixty-five. Is that right? Well, I hope she doesn't tap to tap into the money before that. Yeah, but anything can happen. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> right, as we've seen the last six weeks. Yeah, but what a interesting uh, a nineteen-year-old, four-year-old, and one-year-old. Yeah. Does this help, Holly? Yes, it, it does. It, it very much does, and I appreciate it. Like I said, my daughter's working now, but everything that she makes and everything we can contribute is going right to her college bill. Yeah, yeah. So, and if she um, has a four hundred one k where she works, that's you. You would ask her to put the money in that. Okay. Okay. Yes, that that has answered my question. And Holly, you, you should be you should be proud of your nineteen year old daughter going to school and making life for herself. Um, and. You know, College is, frankly, college is a luxury for many, particularly the kind of colleges that we have in the United States where you go and you live in the dorm, all that kind of crazy stuff. Um, do not feel bad whatsoever the fact that you didn't have a bunch of money saved up for your daughter oh, by the yeah. time she was. <laughs> you're, you're doing her, um, you may be yeah. doing her a big favor making her. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Well, but, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, Holly. We wish you well. And it's bad. It's just, it's, right, a, thank you know, you. Thanks. it's an interesting time. Of course, with college right now, um, <laughs> we don't know if they're going to go back in the fall in California. Oh, in other parts. Yeah, my my son goes to UCLA, and they said uh, another one went Loyola Marymount down in in uh, LA, and he was talking to he has a job on campus. He was talking to his boss earlier this week, and the boss said, "Well, we don't really know. We don't know if you're coming back." And I'm like, "Wow." Well, I told my wife, "Pay nothing." Uh, I'm not writing a big check for uh, online learning. Well, that's a, it's funny because when my uh, I've got it, my oldest is finishing grad school and my son's finishing up uh, his undergrad at Boston College, both the last semesters, of course, both sent home. Uh, and in and Boston, they the school encouraged all the students to go back to your to leave Boston and go home. Is what they encouraged them all to. And so my my first thought was. Well, clearly we're going to get some reduction on tuition because it's not the same in learning environment. Not even close. And um, I've yet to see any there's, – there's already some class action lawsuits started. I'd be kind of interested to see what happens because you look what's happened in the university system over the years, the inflation uh, cost, and the number of administrators. And just the, and, the inflation that took place. In. But I'm pretty sure, Scott, my kids want to go back because uh, I like to give them a list of things to – around the house and my son said to me uh, yesterday you're just making stuff up now aren't you <laughs> list of things yeah like repair this touch up this paint you know dig this trench bury this and he said you just get up every morning now and just make stuff up this stuff doesn't really even need to be done and what was your response like, well not really <laughs> <laughs> so all your kids are good handy people now 
They have like a belt. Do they work like the handyman? No, belt the they're not. They're not. They're 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 very articulate at articulate at arguing their point why they should. But I tell it. you, if you've got a kid that's um, in college right now, uh, I would agree with you. Like, don't pay if you're going to do an online learning. Do you really want to pay this high dollar amount for um, for something that you can? Buy? Junior college might offer it for next to nothing. Yes. Yeah. Not, there is not this, this is not the same experience. It isn't even close. There's no socialization, which is part of the forming process. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, anyway. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we can take some more calls. And also we'll talk a little bit about, uh, I want to spend a little bit of time about oil, the markets, uh, the extension of the CARES Act, they just threw another bucket of money in the fourth one. They're starting to talk about a fifth one. Oh, they're going to be five, six, seven? What this might mean longer term for us all. What's this mean to the states? Mitch McConnell said, let them file for bankruptcy. I thought that was just... And Chuck Schumer and, 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 and Nancy Pelosi are thinking just the opposite. So it'll be... I think we'll start seeing some more political battles here, too. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to All Worth Money Matters. We'll be right back. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen here. Pat McLean. Thanks for uh, listening. And uh, yeah. if you're listening podcast, if you enjoy the show at all, please rate us. Give us a review. It makes it easier for other people to find our show. The higher your ranking is, apparently... You come up higher in the list. Is that how it works? That's what, uh, that's what they that's tell what I, us. That's what it hurt. All right. And again, if you want to be a part of our program and join our call, 833-99-WORTH is the number. And we still have lots of things to talk about because it's uh, quite an interesting time. Anyway, let's go and talk with Nancy. Nancy, you're with Scott Hansen and Pat McClain, All Worth Money Matters. Thank you, Scott and Pat. Um, good morning to you. Hi, Nancy. Good morning to you. Um, I have a question. You sound too chipper. You to... haven't been sheltering in place, have you? You sound too <laughs> yes, chipper. I... <laughs> well, I I like my little house. I have great neighbors that, you know, we talk across the street. Oh, nice. I'm happy. All right. I'm just yeah. teasing you, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the news and on one of your podcasts, you mentioned a glut of oil that's going to be on the market because we've slowed down in our consumption. And I'm curious as to what you think uh, the chances will be that we'll be pushed um, to control the gas production out of that oil and create a gas crisis like there was in 1979, 1980. You know, they pushed the prices up. <laughs> That's an um, interesting. We were uh... forced. <laughs> we were forced to comply with long lines. And oh yeah, wait odd and even gas. Yes. Yeah. I remember. And I thought, okay, the thing that surprised me at that time was I lived in San Pedro and I lived up on the hill and I would drive down. I lived in uh, Torrance, by the way, PCH and Crenshaw. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, so you guys want to get together and discuss Pedro. your childhood? Yeah. Scott? <laughs> and my good buddy went to Pedro High. But anyway, there we go. <laughs> Okay. Oh, took down um, memory lane. Yeah, so I can picture exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and you would see these, yes. you'd see the oil takers coming in. Yeah. And they would be out in the Los Angeles Harbor and every day there would be more and more and more. And I thought, wait a minute, there's a gas shortage. What's going on? And come to find out the refineries were full. The gas tankers couldn't offload their um, merchandise. Yeah. <laughs> And I thought, oh, is this a false gas shortage crisis that they've created? What do you think is going to happen this time? Oh, that's interesting because we, we're running into the same problem and the prices are dropping and there is no shortage. And just in when the government interferes in an area, there are always unintended consequences, right? So you're bringing back to this, the oil embargo we had in the 70s. Uh, and we'll right. speak about we'll talk about oil here in a moment. But in every other area, I mean, we'll talk more after this call too. Just when the government, all these stimuluses and all these programs they're putting in place, they all have their own unintended consequences. So oil, oil's been man, 
what a strange week because was it on Monday? The, it went negative. Monday trades and, and future delivery date. So you buy it for a future delivery date. And the and the date that's the shortest delivery date that was coming up in the same month went negative, negative thirty-seven dollars a barrel. So okay. what was end up happening is that people there were contracts where people are going to have oil. They had to take delivery of it within days, and there was nowhere to put it. So suddenly someone's like, well, wait a minute. I paid $20 for this contract that well, I don't know where I'm going to put this oil. i got to get rid of this contract so, so it's someone else's responsibility. So they go to sell it, and someone says, well, I'll give you 10 bucks for it. And then, wait a minute, it's getting closer. I don't want this responsibility. I don't know where I'm going to take delivery. I, I just was buying it as an investor, but the delivery date's coming up. And so that's what was happening. And – with the advent of ETFs, there are now uh, publicly traded vehicles where it's easy for individual investors to pile in and invest in oil as well. And so that created this imbalance. Yeah. And fortunately, the price came back up some, but we still saw the, 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 the June delivery date, the July delivery date, 20 bucks a barrel. I mean, it was still... Really, really low. And if you look at the oil, cons the oil consumption right now is what about seventy percent of normal, if not lower well, than that. Yeah. Uh, I have to say that's that's a good number. I I would have thought less because you know the cars on. The I'm not an oil expert, so I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm no oil <laughs> expert. Um, so I so so the question is, would you would you buy oil today? I think that's your question, Nancy. Is that should you yeah. invest in oil today? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. if I was a huge speculator, uh, I would, but I would not, um, if I was a huge speculator, but the, but there's so many other things to speculate in. Why would you right. speculate on that? That's right. That's right. It, it, the, the point mm -hmm. being, one of the problems is, is at what is the lowest cost that uh, someone is actually going to pump oil at this point in time? So when the prices drop that low, you've got all these people around the world that say, just close it. Just started seeing it in the Gulf. Yeah, this, just, this just last week, shutting down the oil rigs. Shut, just shut, shut it down, down right? Yeah. And why do you shut it down? Well, I lose money every time I pump a barrel of oil. So what's the point of pumping the oil? Um, will the price come back up? Yeah, every, they're going to shut down enough, and there's going to be equilibrium in the marketplace. But there's so much capacity out there that uh, it, the oil prices aren't going to move up. Anytime and I don't know soon. of any oil contracts where they're four-year, five-year deliveries. I don't know how you bet on the five-year price of oil yeah. other than investing in oil drillers. Um, but I wouldn't touch power it. Power companies. I wouldn't touch it. As an yeah. investor, I wouldn't buy oil. Well, good, because I'm with your company. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm glad you know what to do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that was just a big test. The whole that was great. <laughs> no. Who's your advisor? <laughs> Um, David Shower. Oh, David. Well, thank you for being hey, a client. I, oh, believe me. I, back in 2001 uh, uh, and 2007, I was with another company and they were making money and I was losing and not recovering. So and I Nancy, said, okay. I, unfortunately, here's the deal. Our industry is such that we cannot have clients give testimonials. It's the strangest oh. thing. It's the strange. Okay. I don't know why, but so that's just you have to, rules. So you, we can't. I, so, Nancy, you, I, I have I to say, this is Nancy's experience. Your experience may be uh, radically different. In fact, <laughs> <That's right>. awful. <laughs> you might, uh, if you've been, you well, might hate us as a client and we, want to fire us. We, we actually, in our control booth, we have a compliance officer. <laughs> <laughs> that actually listens to our watches us record this to make sure that okay. we are not we're not allowed to promote um testimonials. Okay. testimonials. Yeah, I got oh, it. You did nothing thing. wrong. Unless it was it's negative. Probably it's negative. I don't know. <laughs> and anyway, Nancy, appreciate well, the call. Thank you. Uh, thank you for being. Yeah, a, we wish you thank well. you for being client. There of is. The firm. There, there actually. There's. I think the Securities and Exchange Commission has. There's a proposal to change that because it's kind of a bizarre thing. Um, I mean, if if like if you're if you're going to hire a contractor to build your house, Pat, and you say, uh, "Can you give me some references?" and the contractor say, "Sure, I built these houses," and but we're it's not. Like, but if someone came to you and said, "Pat, I'd like to hire you as uh, for financial advice," can you please give me some references? You say, "Well, I can't do that. Not allowed." Even if the clients give permissions, they would love to be a reference yeah. source for you.
It's a strange, strange industry, but. Anyway. But but here's the, th- here, the. So Holly's call was brought up a good point that. Sometimes the actions that we take and the actions here was shutting down the economy, shut, shut air airline travels down to more than ninety five percent. Yes. Right. So we shut down the economy. When was and the told last time you stay filled, home? When was the last time you put gas in your car? Last night. Oh, you did. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> I don't remember the I last time. I was at Costco, time. and it was uh, $2.02. Wow. I think is what it was for gas. But I went, um, no, I had a date night with my wife. We got in the car, and we went and got Thai food to go. And then we were going to go find a park bench, but the parks were, it was illegal for us to eat the park, of course, because... You wouldn't want that. So, so we we went, which is the strangest thing. You don't want a, a middle-aged couple. Maybe are we past middle-aged, mid-fifties couple having uh, just the two of us having dinner in the park. So we went to a church. Had a uh, they had some picnic tables out front that was still in the sun. Oh, sunset, and we there. And then we went and took a little walk. Um, very nice. And then you went to Costco. We went to Costco on the way to get our pickup because there was a actually the tie to go. It was uh, it was it said I called. They said we have to get a bit of a wait, and they had a, quite the business. Oh, good you for had them. to keep your social distance. You know the little lines where you stood, and you went in with my hazmat suit to get my Thai food. <laughs> so I've been wearing my ski outfit to the store with my <laughs> helmet and glasses, <laughs> ski boots. Oh, so oh, we kind of laugh only because sometimes things that are painful, you can't. I was trying laugh, to, and I had mittens do? on. I'm trying to pick up grapes. It was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I spilled a gallon of milk, but I, nothing was going to get close to me. I was hot though. I got to tell you, I'm wearing that ski outfit into the grocery store with the boots, the helmet, the goggles. <laughs> right. I mean, unless you laugh at something, what are you going to do? It's the closest thing I had to a hazmat suit, uh, and it was neon. And I and I know that this is a you know, look. There are there there's people are losing serious. their lives every day, and we shouldn't laugh. But come on, it it's just, yeah. Well, if you don't, if you got to. I mean, it, but it's even interesting. I would life, encourage people to actually look to see what Sweden's doing. I think it's fascinating how they're managing differently than we're managing it. Versus and other what, countries. Sometimes I'm very careful about what I state uh, openly because uh, I might have my own opinion. That is my opinion, and I don't feel the need to broadcast it to the world because I don't. Yes. And but I think Sweden is a very. It's quite it's interesting inter- how they're doing. And it. it'll be interesting <clears throat> when we two three years down the road when we look back and say, and look, I don't blame any leaders. It, I, I could not imagine oh. being uh, a congressperson, being the president, being a governor, being a mayor, and having to make these decisions. It's really difficult. And it's really easy to, for us to kind of point fingers and say, this is stupid, you shouldn't be doing that. But um, anyway, let's. But, but what we did see this last week, the first the Senate passed, and then Congress joined on as well and passed. And the president, did he sign it yet? We're taping this at Friday. <laughs> Friday midday. So I, I don't know if he signed. He I think will. he might have signed It'll it last signed. night, but yeah. it will be signed. The um, $484 billion. You keep adding it's up a these supplement. These billions. $184. It's going to be real money before long. You take, you take $1 billion here, another billion here. It's going to turn into real money after a while. $320 billion that went to replenish the Paycheck Protection Program, which is. That has been a political firestorm for some of these companies that took the money. Harvard, Stanford, well, Harvard, come on, Shake Shack. <laughs> it's been a political. It's f- interesting. So yeah, Shake Shack. They took eight million dollars, and I, I'm like, isn't that what the money was for? These companies that were, you shut them down. How are they supposed to operate? And then, all kinds of political backlash. Well, you have access to other dollars, so they wow. gave the money back. And Ruth's Chris was the largest. Um, kind of restaurant, publicly traded restaurant chain, took twenty million, and they've eventually said we're, they're going to give that money back. Oh, did they finally yeah. say that? Ruth's Chris is going to at Ruth. She's a sweetie, so she's giving the money back. <laughs> she's giving it back because nothing's better than a twenty-two ounce <laughs> grilled piece of meat <laughs> and, dipped in butter. And they bring, 
Yeah, they're so huge. Like the baked potato it takes a wheelbarrow. I don't know where, they, where do they get potatoes that size? Oh, at the I, I really do not enjoy those meals. A steakhouse? Yeah. Because everything's massive. I'm not a, a huge fan. Although, when I can go out to a restaurant again, I don't care what restaurant so, I enjoy. So, you know, what's interesting is this uh, $320 billion went to the Paycheck Protection Program. Uh, it's interesting talking to small business owners as to where they were getting those dollars. I've talked to six so far, and uh, most of them were filled via community, small community banks, not from the B of A's or the Wells Fargo's or um, those Many. This is going to be very, very good for small community banks. Oh, and the well, the big bank. You know, Wells Fargo, whether you like them or not. I mean, <laughs> you couldn't have asked for a worse PR for them again. On top of everything, oh. and I think they were just in it. Some of these banks were just inundated. How do you? Yeah. How do you process them all? You in systems. You don't have the systems. You've never done this before. You no, have Congress, to verify. Congress suddenly comes up with this thing and says, well, by the way, five days later, you need to implement this and, and you need to distribute the money within three more days or and, whatever the numbers and are. And if you're the bank that's distributing the money, you need to make sure that it's in compliance. Otherwise, that loan's going to be pushed back on you. Everyone knows that's the backdraft of this. $60 billion went to the uh, Small Business Administration Disaster Relief Fund. $75 billion went to hospitals. Is that $60 billion? That's for, is that for these... Inner city um, banks and I don't know where yeah, there was the some SBA. Of that. There was some of that that was earmarked for um, seventy five billion to hospitals, twenty five billion to coronavirus testing. So, um, there'll be more. There will be more at the end of this. Uh, we should probably expect in not next year or the year after, but we should expect. Uh, in inflationary environment, uh, higher tax rates, both uh, locally, um, in your local municipalities, you would expect it in I, your I, state how, government. How are these municipalities going to... Uh... And you would expect it in the federal government, that higher tax rates. You know what I was thinking the other day? <clears throat> and so part of the challenge is here. Here's where we're going to see problems. They say, Your state says, okay, restaurants can open back up. Uh, you're going to have to practice social distancing. Restaurants going to say, great, call up their workers. Hey, guess what? We're going to open up next Tuesday, limited schedule. Uh, I need you back at work. And the, the employer's going to say, say uh, no thanks because I'm making 25 bucks an hour on unemployment right now. Yep. And I won't make that at work. So the earliest it can happen, because I think this runs out, uh, the unemployment runs out July 1, if I'm... I don't know if it's July, July 1 or, or August. I know the, the the PPP, the Payment Protection Program, Paycheck Protection Program, uh, that, my understanding, is designed to cover payroll through June. Through the end of June. Yeah, I was... I was talking with a nonprofit that received some of these dollars. They're able to keep all their employees on. They they've already have slated on July first, getting rid of employees when this runs out because they have to. Well, they're trying to like every other organization trying to figure out how to navigate the next year or two. It's not just month to month. And if you're a nonprofit that lives off donations, you have no idea what's coming through oh. the doors throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, how to manage through this. Yeah, so they, so I think we'll see as part of the challenge is when this, when the stimulus runs dry, these companies that took the paycheck protection program, what happens if their business isn't back fully operational and the so customers that haven't all returned? Yeah, if you're a restaurant, you have social distancing. Now it's a third full or a half full, and it's not designed to actually operate like that. Um, and the municipalities, so much of revenue is based on um, sales tax and uh, other taxes that that just have stopped, have dried up. So here's dried up. Here's what I was. I was <clears throat> so we've seen other con uh, companies go through bankruptcy in the past, right? Many over the years. And when companies go ba through bankruptcy, when they have pensions. Their pensions have been guaranteed by the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, which states, in a sense, that it's a quasi-governmental agency that says, we will backdrop and we will make sure that everyone has a pension paid for. Which creates a spiral effect. 
because they're underfunded. So everyone else that has a defined benefit pension plan, their premiums go up. Yes. Yeah, so Evan pays, think of it like an insurance pool. Evan pays into it. If you work for a company that has a pension plan, an old traditional pension plan. But what, when, what happened when the companies went bust, the, the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation did not say, we will make good 100% on everyone's pension regardless of how large it is. They put limits. Yes, so there were caps based upon your age and how much you were receiving. So, so if you're if 65, you worked, maybe it was 55 or 60 grand a year would be the maximum pension. So if you worked for an airline in the 80s and you were received, a captain and you were your pension, 150 wasn't unusual to see $150,000 a year pension. When the airline that you worked for filed for bankruptcy, they discharged that obligation, part of the bankruptcy. They discharged the obligation, and then you were um, your pension was now paid by the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. My father received a check from the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation because the company he worked for went into bankruptcy. Yeah. And the check every month would actually come from the PBGC. They took over the liability. The so reason I'm bringing this up. Private industry. What happens with – so we've – Government pensions have been uh, underfunded for years now. And essentially what happened is during the 90s when the stock market was doing so well, the dot-com boom and all that, right near the top of the market, just about every municipality increased pension benefit guarantees. Across the United States. Yes. Uh, police departments, fire departments, every municipality, cities, across the United States. Yeah. It wasn't unusual to see them saying, look, we're so well-funded – we can give out more money. And in some parts, it'd say, look, we're not, we're not going to give you a raise. Instead of giving you a raise, we're going to give you an increase in your pension. And the unions went along with it. Okay? These are all unionized. And for most states, most most states still have uh, unionized public. So follow me along on this. Because I now, th- we're going to see this. We are going to see this. And we saw this the last few years. Uh, we saw Detroit go through bankruptcy. In California, we saw Stockton. Stockton went through bankruptcy. Stockton, Vallejo. Uh, and so far, those they managed to escape bankruptcy without any change to their pension plan. But what happens? And there was litigation with the bondholders of those municipalities uh, about that in the bankruptcy court. So what happens a year down the road, two years down the road, three years down the road, when all these municipalities are asking for bailouts— and the taxpayers are starting to say, how much can you take from me? I'm not, I can't afford to live in this city any longer. We're already looking at uh, Chicago. People have net people leaving. Detroit, I mean, uh, uh, Illinois as a state, more people are leaving the state because of the tax situation. They're talking about increasing it more. But they had problems going into this, severe deficit shortages going into this. And this just amplifies it. I mean, I, I don't know if the, how the government could print enough money, federal government. So, so what happens if a state files for bankruptcy? Well, we will find out. And that's what we heard, saw this week where Mitch McConnell said, let the states file for bankruptcy. And I thought, oh my, oh my, that, that is a bold, bold statement. And you think, why is that a bold statement? Well, people- There's lots of creditors. Yeah, people lend money to states and municipalities. It's called a municipal bond, a tax-free bond. It's actually subsidized by the federal government. Because it's tax-free. Because it's tax-free. pays tax-free interest. So part of my point, if I were about to retire from a municipal job, a city job, fire department, police department, or... I was recently retired. I would at least have some contingency planning in my financial planning for some reduction in my pension in the future. How much? How much of a reduction? I think it depends on the amount. If you've got a modest pension, I don't think one would worry. When you see the list of retirees, it's all public information. When when people look at the list of retirees and see people making $150,000 a year pensions... 
Those are th- th- those could be at risk. Or one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a year pensions, or a hundred thousand dollars a year pensions. And I'm just thinking, a family whose income is less than that, and are paying all these taxes, and are going to say, "I'm f- thirty-five years old. I'm forty years old. Look, your generation is the one who didn't. You put benefits in for yourself that you didn't fund." Why yeah. is that my generation's responsibility? So they're unfunded or underfunded liabilities to a population. That's what they are. That's what yeah. a pension, that's what they turned into. I'm not trying into. to make any sort of political statement here whatsoever. I'm just saying from a financial planning standpoint. That you should be aware of it. Don't pretend it doesn't yeah. exist. If you were a 50-year-old uh, retiring from the uh, a police department today and you got a pension of 90% of your salary— I would say I would plan, I would do some financial planning in case that pension gets dropped down to 50000 or 40000 That would be prudent. That would and be I'm prudent. not saying that's going to happen. But Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. We can't, the, these 440, $484 billion more money. Something's going to happen. Something will happen. Yeah. So, hey, before we go, I just want to let you all know that we've got, we've been doing quite a bit of some uh, digital resources ever since this really started. So we've got brand new videos. We've got downloadable guides. Um, All these are really designed to help you navigate this whole COVID-19. And if you've been furloughed, you've been laid off, uh, your retirement's been knocked off course, we've got, we've got, videos, blogs, guides, all kinds of different online resources. Which highlight some of the new changes in tax law that are beneficial to you if you've lost your job. Yeah, we've got something on the CARES Act there. Um, We had something on the SECURE Act that was on, (laughs) that was (laughs) was something like a lifetime ago. That was the end of of December. So there's lots of great uh, uh, material at our website, allworthfinancial.com. We've always tried to lead with education, which is why we've been doing this radio program for 25 years, roughly. Uh, and um, it, as the digital world has continued to grow, we have more and more resources online. And we believe that the more one is educated with their finances, the better decisions they will make. Yes. So visit our website, allworthfinancial.com. And if you like this podcast or radio show, please share it with others. Yeah, appreciate that. So we're, that's all the time we've got. We are here every Saturday at the same station. And of course, You can listen to us, uh, get our podcast as well. And um, we'll be back again next week in the strange environment. And one day, life will go on. Stay safe. Yeah. This has been Allworth's Money Matters. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.